Blog Talk Radio. everybody welcome once again to madam perry salon the cyberspace version of a cultural salon of the past out here at a genie bottle out in space i am your host your groove mistress and your spiritual advisor madam perry remember you can call me jen jp perry jennifer i'm just happy that you're here and thanks again to all the people that have been subscribing on Spotify and different podcast apps. I really, really appreciate it. And I also am grateful that you let me know on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. You let me know what guests you like, what guests you want me to have on. Um, I appreciate that as well because that helps me to continue to get the fantastic guests that I've been having, that I've got coming up, and that I've got tonight. Now, just to catch up, uh, somebody asked me, was Franny Goldie still offering a discount? Yes. Um, if you missed the show where she was on or missed the ones where I've talked, Franny Goldie, uh, award-winning, multi-award-winning songwriter of songs like Night Shift by the Commodore, Dick With You by the Pussycat Dolls, Dreamin' by Selena, uh, and loads and loads of songs. She makes clothes. Uh, she's a designer, and her... Um, Clothes became popular, especially popular, because Adam Glassman of Oprah's Magazine, his, her style director, began taking them to different TV shows and putting them in the magazine, calling them this, these pants she designed, calling them magic pants, because they look nice enough to wear out to the office, uh, to something important, but they are so comfortable. So that's the magic pants. And when she was on the show, she said, if you buy anything from the website, Franny Goldie, F-R-A-N-N-E-G-O-L-D-E.com. Uh, when you get ready to check out, put in M-P-S, the, the initials from Madam Perry Salon, for a nice little discount. And she's got some sales going on now. And she's also been having some clearance and some outlet sales. So go check that out. And if you don't get this written down, because I know a lot of people tell me they listen in their car when they're driving or when they're running then just message me somewhere, either on Facebook or social media, and I will give you the link if you don't get it. So, um, also, oh, Bruce Sedano, uh, you know, he's been on here a few times, and I know he's coming back. He's got a new CD. I saw him twice last month, once with uh, opening, he uh, and Randy Ray Mitchell, his producer, and uh, who also is a musician, opened for the Zombies at Center Stage in Atlanta, and he was great. And two weeks ago, uh, he was at Eddie's Attic in Atlanta, which was more of a, um, it was him and two other songwriters, singer-songwriters in performing in the round. Um, and, of course, Bruce tells his story. He's one of those people that everybody knows his songs, but they may not know him. And then especially when he played the first song he ever wrote with the woman who became his wife and when they were both working for Casablanca Records and they met the first day they wrote a song 
together that ended up being a number one on R&B, pop, and uh, disco charts. And it was Bad Girls. And, of course, his wife was the queen of disco, Donna Summer. And uh, we love Bruce. And so he's still on tour. He's doing some uh, solo, some duo. And he'll probably be out with with the uh, zombies as well. And uh, check out Bruce Sudano. He is so good. And he is so enchanting. And you will love his song, but he's a sweetheart. Uh, So we have him. And also, let's see, who else? Ah, D.C. Glenn. D.C., the brain supreme of tag team. Whoop, there it is. You know, he's in the Geico commercial saying sprinkles. Um, He was on here, what was it, about six months or a year ago. Anyway, you know, he's in the Atlanta TV show. um, I can't remember the name of it now. It was right on my head. I tell you, this is why I had to hire an assistant, hire a producer. (laughs) Games People Play, that's it. Games People Play is the name of the show, and it is good. So check that out. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Now, um. That's some of the stuff that's been happening. But I've got to tell you, the guest tonight is, uh, you probably, you may have already got her book. You may have already heard her on other podcasts or television shows or read reviews in some very major media. But she's here tonight. I'm so excited. Just to give you a little idea, um, this woman is fascinating. Uh, born in the Soviet Union, uh, Descendant of Holocaust survivors, living in a tiny apartment, um, four families in one apartment, and the way she describes it, we'll see this later, um, sounds a lot like um, my grandparents and great-grandparents and uncles and aunts who were worked in a uh, cotton mill in a small town. So I, I know, I, I, I can picture it now. Um, but anyway, they came to America. She was an eight-year-old refugee, only spoke Russian. She went for the uh, Hollywood dream, the American dream. She dealt with being an immigrant and all the problems that that implies and challenges. Uh, Bulimic, uh, excuse me, uh, had bulimia, sexual assault survivor. And uh, till one day she just stopped and discovered the Tao Te Ching simple philosophy from the 6th century B.C. China, most of you know, and that changed everything. I am thrilled to welcome, she's the author of the book, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, Healing, Chilling, and Living with the Tao Te Chung, Jessie Asia Kasner. Welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm delighted to have you. Uh, can Can I ask you the first question I have to say is, how close did I get to getting your name right? My name? It's not terrible. So it's Jesse Asia Kanzer. Kanzer, okay. Yes, yes. but the Asia part is just in there as a little token of my past. Everyone calls me Jesse. Okay. All right. That sounds good. All right, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse seems to suit you. Yeah, you know what? It's easy and I'm easy. That's the truth, at this point at least. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, let's see. I'm just glad to have you here. I know you've done a lot of interviews lately and you've been on a lot of shows. You've had a podcast, TV, radio. Uh, you've been featured and reviewed in several high-profile uh, media outlets. So 
Thank you for going through yet another one, and I'm glad it's here with me. And what I want to know is, I mean, to come to a country where you don't speak the language and you're just a child, and did anybody in your family speak English when you came to America? Uh, My father spoke uh, a bare minimum of English, but now everybody speaks English. But, yeah, uh, no, there was definitely there were challenges for the adults, but that was separate than my experience. My own experience through my very sensitive child observation, child's mind, uh, it was kept very internal for me because I was of an age where I already understood what was going on, and I saw how hard – my parents were struggling and working to to create this life for us uh, here. And so I kept a lot of my sensitivities and my own struggles to myself. And, of course, like anything that's repressed, it comes out later. And as Mm you would mentioned, I struggled with an eating disorder as a teenager. And a a lot of what really haunted me for a long time was this loss of identity that happened. And I just didn't know who I was. I did everything I could to fit into American culture. And what ultimately happened to me is between the panic attacks, the anxiety, the eating disorder, and meanwhile, on the outside, I was really keeping up the straight A's and making my family proud and looking like there was nothing actually wrong. So I was hiding my pain for a long time. And eventually, I needed to search for something that could help me. And I searched a lot. I went on a real spiritual journey. I ordered a thousand spiritual self-help books. I went through all of them. And one that I kept coming back to time and time again is the Tao Te Ching, which translates as the book of the way. I like to call it the world's oldest self-help book. And I just, the lessons in it, the simplicity of it is something that's helped me for the last two decades. Okay, well, now that's consistency that, that makes a statement that, that certainly proves a point, uh, proves the effectiveness of it. Two decades, it's been working for you. And so tell me, at what point then did you know you just had to stop and do something different? Now, I know that you're a mother. Uh, you know, yes. your wife and mother have kids. I mean, was this after you became a mom? Was this before? Where was your Where was your point where you just had to stop? No, it was a long time beforehand. And in fact, um, I'm very glad to have had my healing journey occur before I had children. Now, of course, we're never fully healed, right? We're not machines, right? And right. Uh, and there was another part of me that was awoken and. Uh, more work to do. There's always more work to do. But no, what happened was I graduated college. I was at the top of my class, very miserable internally. I was doing what I was told to do because uh, the practicality of immigrants and refugees is not something that can be easily thrown away. You know, I was always artistic. I was always a writer, but I went the practical way. I studied business. I graduated summa cum laude. And a few days later, I got into a massive car crash. So now I was already, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the timing is very interesting because I had all of these banks lined up where I was supposed to interview, and that all went out the window because I had a massive concussion, and now I was broken physically. I had stitches, uh, broken physically, broken emotionally. And so that was pretty much my bottom because I was still dealing with the eating disorder while my physical body was very hurt. And so 
I knew that everything that I had been doing up to that point had to stop and my well-being had to become my priority. And that's what I did. Mm. Now, at what point did you pick up the data chain? That was then. That was in my uh, early 20s when I picked it up during that ah, time. Ah, okay. Trying to heal. <laughs> okay. Because I guess at that point, there wasn't really much else you could do. Exactly. And, you know, that's the beauty of those rock bottom moments is sometimes being brought to your knees is a beautiful thing because you are really open. You're really open at that point to anything that could make your journey a little easier that could help you. And so because of my openness and my searching, I was really gifted with a lot of, you know, I also became trained in Reiki. I got intuition training and I just what I did a ton of yoga was trained in yoga as a yoga instructor. And, and I guess like I just opened up to everything, to all modalities. I was on, I, I remain to this day very open. And I always say that, be a searcher, not a knower. And that's how I like to live my life. Hmm. Okay. That I like a lot. Um, and and it's selfish. I mean, that, that explains itself, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> to be a searcher. So when you began studying, now I've got to tell you, I've got to stop here a couple of times and read something. This is uh, for the listeners, too, even though I've shared this um, often you read oh i was going to read the uh, publishers weekly says and this is an excerpt stressed out readers will find her advice a salve in an overly hurried and critical world um yeah that's that's, that's a short sentence that says it all <laughs> oh, i love um, it i love that 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 meant the world to me because I come from a very achievement-based culture that the Soviet Union was very achievement-based. And then, of course, in America, we also at least were. I'm not going to say are because I think massive changes are happening, but we were very uh, externally based too, right? All the stuff and the accolades and whatever it is you're supposed to strive for. And if I can offer a shift or an alternate kind of perspective that helps folks feel a little less stressed and a little better about themselves and about where they are, wherever that is, whether it's a bottom, a top, or somewhere in the middle, that then I think, you know, I'm doing the work I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember uh, when I was uh, going to Georgia State University, and I was a late college student, so I was already in my 40s then, and I was just always so in awe of students who had learned English just to come to America and go to college not their native language, they hadn't spoken a little, but yep. they learned it to come to college. That, to me, was just uh, in, uh, astounding, awe-inspiring. Uh, I, I, I just couldn't get over it. I kept thinking, what uh, what dedication and what sacrifices they made to, you know, to uh, give up a lot of their free time to learn English just to study somewhere yeah. else. So I took a, a, a summer abroad semester where and it was squashed, you know, the kind they squashed it into three and a half weeks, so it's super intense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was in Madrid, and I had a and a history class that was totally in Spanish. Uh, 
because I thought, you know, I mean, that was my minor Spanish, but I wanted to know what it felt like. I wanted to know what it felt like to go and live in another country, just even for that time. Um, of course, with the with the mini semester, every class was a, a normal week and a full semester. So I just thought I got a feel because I, I, I respect this, all of these people, these students so much for doing that. I got to put myself in the situation so I can kind of get a feel for it and appreciation. And uh, it was exciting. It was exhilarating and it was exhausting, but I'm glad I did it. So yeah, um, good for you. It's always, it's always <laughs> you know, some of us are forced, and others like you, you do you you did it by choice. But it is a wonderful thing to leave your comfort zone sometimes. Oh, yeah. And then when they took us on the weekend, we would go to different cities around Spain. And since th- my class was the history of Spain from the, from the cave people to present, on the weekends we'd travel to different cities, but they would only allow our group to have a Spanish guide. We couldn't have anyone speaking English, and we had to go back and do right. reports. And we were all from so many different countries. You know, we were like Russia and America and um, uh Japan, we had so many that we'd get together and pull our books together <laughs> that we bought in our own That's language so and our work. And it was fantastic. But I said, just the, just the admiration I have for people who, who do this. Uh, so when did you start noticing or when did you start taking the book, Tao Te Ching, and uh, – and, oh, and in case you haven't noticed, Jesse, I've got a southern accent, right? <laughs> yes. yes, I do notice, but I don't have accents. <laughs> so I wanted you to know. So if I say uh, pronounced out a ching wrong or anything like that, just you could correct me. You know, like I like as you know that I came here not speaking English, and then for a long time I had a very strong Russian accent, and then you know I worked hard to get rid of it because that's what I felt like I needed to do. But yes. Accents are kind of my forte. <laughs> Much oh. of my family has accents, and you know, it's you know, one person's accent is another person's normal language. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, I had a girl I grew up with went away to live with her grandparents in Appalachia, and you know, I'm from Atlanta. Uh, she went yeah. she grew, went to Appalachia for two years, came back. I couldn't understand anything she said. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like yeah, I think that has like a lot of Scottish influence in their languages too. But anyway, uh, so when did you start making some of the things? Because so you have this act, the school summa cum laude, you've got the interviews lined up, then this horrible crash. You're just kind of stuck trying to heal. You're reading the book. When do you start making habits or um, trying out the things that you learn and seeing any kind of effect? So my path, um, I always say my path was happened gradually and then all of a sudden. To be honest with you, um, nothing happened overnight for me. I was very young still, you know, and I, it took me a few years to fully heal from the eating disorder because that had started at a very young age for me. And uh, habits, especially addictive ones, are hard to break. And I threw everything I could at, at that problem. So I was doing the self-help and spiritual work. I was going to therapy. I was taking an, an antidepressant, and it was a lot of different mm. things. Um, but I ultimately found that these internal changes are what I noticed the most effectiveness from. So I would do the the work that the Tao Te Ching 
kind of, um, you know, a lot of the work that that Tao Te Ching leads us to is internal work. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I had internal traumas that I needed to heal, and I picked up a whole bunch of books on, you know, one of the another book that I used was uh, Debbie Ford's The Secret of the Shadow, and I did all these exercises and all this work, um, and I picked up Laura Day, who's a famed intuitive. I would do mm-hmm. her exercises to to get better connected to my intuition. And I would read Eckhart Tolle and I would read Wayne Dyer. And I just read and read and read. And I also studied yoga at that time. And I became uh, trained in Reiki healing, Reiki energy healing. I traveled mm-hmm. to an ashram. So all of this stuff was going on. And I was simultaneously searching for my path in the world. And I was struggling still. But what happened was with every year, my struggle would become a little less and a little less and a little less. And this was not an overnight experience for me because I wasn't ready for that yet. I was still growing up, to be honest. And the real changes, the real strongest changes happened to me when I became a mom. Uh, I, I, because I already had been dealing with depression and anxiety in the past, I think I was more prone to postpartum depression. And it was really bad. Mm-hmm. And I reached back for the doubt aging, and I knew that, you know, I quickly, I had two kids within a couple of years, less than two years, and I knew that I needed to be my best self, and especially because I was gifted with two girls, I knew that there was some specific pain of being a woman in the world, and my own path as a woman in the world uh, from two different cultures. I knew that I needed to heal that. So that's when I really started taking it very seriously, and almost um, almost created my own modality for healing, and that's why I wrote the book. I started doing a, different practices of getting still to give myself the space to go within. So I realized that we have so much information, especially when you're first becoming a mom. You know, there's so much information mm. that you're told how to do things, what to avoid, and I wasn't getting a chance to connect with my intuition, and it really bothered me because I knew I had my own internal uh, higher voice, so to speak, my higher self. And so I realized that I needed to make a real practice out of connecting to this higher self. My older daughter is now seven and a half. So for the last seven or so years, I've been very consistent about giving me time for me, whatever that may look like. Some days that's meditation. Other days it's a walk. Some days it's a long several hours of spiritual work, of journaling, of meditating. Other days it's 15 minutes because that's what I have or five minutes of breath work. But every day I know that I need to connect to my deeper self. And I learned that partially from the Tao Te Ching, which is again is the book of the way. I learned that I need to connect to myself to find my own way that is not told to me by my parents, by society, by television, etc. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, back what you're talking about with the children, and that there's always somebody when you have a child, especially. And I can see if, if you've suffered, if you've dealt with depression, especially through things like uh, that you've been through. Um, I would guess certainly, I can't imagine the adjustment of getting to a country, uh, getting used to a country or fitting in, where you don't look sound like anyone else. Um, and everybody else sounds funny to you, I'm sure. Yeah. And 
also, and I have different ways of doing things, uh, different types of food, but also uh, with uh, bulimia and, as yeah. you said, um, and having experienced uh, others, uh, other things. Um, what it says here, immigration, eating disorder, date rape, all these things like that. And then you have a child, yeah, too close. I can see where it would it would um, certainly be a breeding ground for postpartum depression and take you through that. And then on top of that, everybody's got an opinion about how to raise your child. What do you do with your baby? Yes. Uh, you know, Megan, my uh, producer, um, she has a seven-year-old and a five-month-old. You know, and, and she's even told me, she goes, everybody says this. With with Atticus, they said, do this, do this, do this. Now that I have Harper, everybody's got something to say. I should do it this way or that way or different. And I thought, you know, she, I didn't know. I didn't realize that she goes through all that, that she's getting all this things from different sides and, and different attitudes. And yeah, I can't imagine. You know- <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah. This is you want to do your best. I, I mean, I think every mother want you want to do your best as a mother. And then absolutely. everybody keeps feeding stuff to you. What do you do? Absolutely, and I. That's why I th- And I think you know this is just one example. Mothering is just one example where this occurs. But I've noticed that because our desire to be good parents is so strong, we're so vulnerable to all of this information. Mm-hmm. And some of it is good, and some of it is not, and it differs for each person. But if we don't learn to connect to ourselves and hear our inner voice and our inner guide, then we're just going to be blown to and fro and all over the place. And most importantly, we lose complete faith in ourselves. And we, we need to have that faith in ourselves to be good parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm guessing that your children sense it if you don't have faith in yourself. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. So... I am very transparent with my children because I come from a very stilted society. Um, And, you know, it's interesting because obviously the place, the area where I'm from is in the news a lot now. And I finally understood why my parents so badly wanted to get me out of that country. I was, um, you know, my dad's from Ukraine. Uh, My mom was born uh, in Siberia because her family had been sent to the Siberian gulags like during the Stalin time. Mm. So they were very, they suffered a lot under that, under that, the rule, the strict rules of that country. And I went to school for my formative years in that country. And it's very different. It, it was a very shocking experience to go from there to an American classroom, which looked so free in comparison almost chaotic to this very, um, <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah. like I was this very regimented Soviet child because that's what I was taught from a very young age. And so I so believe in the freedom that I have found here. And, you know, sometimes it's interesting to me, and this I see a lot in immigrants, not just immigrants from the Soviet Union, other immigrants, because I talk to immigrants a lot. A lot of the writing I did before this book was about my, personal immigration story and I wrote for the New York Times and Washington Post and LA Times and etc these big newspapers but what I've noticed is even though we come to America seeking freedom we carry with us the all of the constraints that don't allow us to actually create personal freedom and whether it's this need to really please our families to please 
our parents or whether it's the constraints that exist in our psyches that don't allow us to think that, for example, you can make a living creatively. Uh, all of these constraints keep us from really creating that personal freedom that I think we all long for. And so because of that, I'm very cognizant about creating an experience and a home that is filled with freedom for my kids within the boundaries of keeping them safe, of giving them some rules, of, you know, helping them make their way in the world. But freedom is very important to me. And so that means I tell them the truth. I don't tell them, you're going to do this because I said so. I explain things to them. And if I make mistakes, I explain that to them too. And I say, mommy, you know, mommy was feeling stressed today or mommy was very frustrated and that could have been handled better. And I find that living in this honest way, even with my kids, takes a lot of pressure off of me. So I don't feel mm -hmm. like I need to be perfect or, or the perfect mother or the perfect example. I just need to be true and honest. And, and, and that's what the Tao Te Ching teaches a lot of. I talk a lot about that in Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing. Oh, okay. What I'm going to do right now, and I'm so grateful to have you here, uh, Jesse Kanzer, uh, to talk about your new book, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, Healing, Chilling, and Living with the Tao Te Ching um, from Hampton Roads Publishing. And I am going to uh, take just a little short break here so that I don't know about you, so I can get another glass of water. and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and you can too so we'll be back also if you have questions for jesse you can call in 646-716-9922 uh with a question or if you can't if you're at a um you, you probably know how this is jesse if i get a job where you can't make a phone call or something sure <laughs> but you gotta be quiet where you are for whatever reason you can just send me the question or comment and uh, through the messenger on Facebook, through either Madam Perry Salon or Jennifer Maudette Perry, I'll be happy to share it with Jesse on the air. So, um, yeah, let me see what message I have to play here. I think, I think that, um, do you know who Sebastian Maniscalco is, the comedian? I do not. Okay, I think you'll recognize his voice here. Okay, I'll say I'll I'll take a listen. Okay, all right. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic. I I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing, was the Madame Perry Salon. I mean, this podcast, right? When you hear her laughing. All you want to do is laugh. Eh? When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, I'm like, she's going to an interview. And I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? <sighs> Ugh, what a day. I just need some me time for once. Yes. 
perfect. I got the new bath bombs today. Peach and clove, here we come. Mim and the Anvil makes the best smelling herbal blends of bath bombs. You can order loose or ground herb, added buttermilk, extra large, even ones with hidden gifts inside. There are over 25 essential oil varieties. After today, my body definitely needs some spiritual nourishment and lots of fizz. Her metaphysical blends are soothing in more ways than one. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. Make time for yourself. There are over 100 herbal blends of bath bombs. Keep a healthy body and mind. Feed your soul. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. If you don't make time for yourself, no one else will. All right, this is Madam Perry, Jennifer J.P. Perry. I am here with author Jessie Cantor. Uh, we're talking about her new book, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, because we need to be healing, chilling, and living with the Tao Te Ching. Uh, Jessie, thank you yes. for being here. Thank Actually, you so that, much for having me. That wasn't really Sebastian Maniscalco. That's just uh, someone that does a good voice. So... Uh, Oh well, that was so that was so cute. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so far we're lucky. There've been no dogs barking so far. So uh, hopefully well, they're still asleep. I have my kittens here, and they can be loud <gasps> too sometimes. These new kittens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I was going to say that brings me that that brings me to another point. But before I make it, uh, and if I forget, and and that could happen, just remind me, kitten. That'll be the code word. Okay, kittens. You ever do that with friends? You go, I'm going to tell you something later, but they don't remember. Yeah. Give, oh, yes. give a code word. Yeah, code word. Code word. That's not, that makes sense. That makes sense. Thank you. Okay, good. You're welcome. All right. For one thing, in your book, you have – now, okay, I'm going to be straight up with you here. I get a lot of people sending me self-help books, and I've got to wear a lot of them so – a lot of them, I have just been, um, I just can't. I just can't. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's just say I just can't. I'm not saying that these are all, but I can only take so much. Um, and some of them sound like, okay, uh, if, if you're going to say, I'm going to try to paraphrase this so I won't give away what it is. If you're going to tell me that you have to step off sometimes to, uh, go deal with some people in um, a different planet or dimension. Who am I to say whether it is or isn't true? All I know sure. is if I disappeared for a while, I'd like to be telling my husband, oh, honey, now you know I had to go to the outer ring of Saturn <laughs> to deal with some people. Or if he tried that on me, you know, I'd like to see how far that would go. I don't know about you and your husband. Jesse, yeah, he but, wouldn't buy that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I gotta tell you, you, I gotta tell you, Jen, you, it's so funny because you know we're we're married ten years now and um, almost ten years, and I he was the most skeptical, cynical person, but a wonderful person, funny person. But I've gotten mm-hmm. him over time. He listens to channelers with me now. That's how far I've oh. gotten him in the woo woo. Because <laughs> so, I'm into that stuff. <laughs> But, no, he would not buy me going to Saturn. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. My husband's fair, quite open-minded, too. But, yeah, you know, you can't just disappear. Yeah. Well, you know, is there a hotel bill up there? <laughs> so, anyway, um, 
and this was after my dog and I just drove to Tucson for a few days for uh, a, a steampunk convention. I could just see him me telling him that really Tucson <laughs> outer lip outer outer ring of Mars. What's going on here? Okay, <laughs> in your book, uh, says, says contents forward introduction. Um, it doesn't say chapters. It says okay. This is in sections: identity, awareness, creation. Yes, I, I have chapters, sections. but those are the three the three sections. Yeah. Yes, it's divided into. Mm-hmm. And titles of the chapters um, are this. If I were flipping through a book in the bookstore, going, "Oh, well, what's this one about?" And don't just sit there. Do not. What could this possibly be about? If I flipped through and just saw the titles of the chapters, that alone would make me sit down and think, "Okay, I got to go pay for this." along with my latte and sit down and start it now. <laughs> um, oh, just, I'm so just, glad to hear that. I mean, just, just to read off a couple, if you don't mind, it's like, uh, we're all the great mother. Men, too, or um, donuts, crack, and other addictions. Uh, <laughs> I can't see. Um, Do chapter 13. It's a funny one. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. I got the first syllable out. But when you said that, penis on tippy toes. Uh, let's see. <laughs> These are great. Fly your freak flag. Oh my gosh, that's taking it back to the '60s. Mystics wear leggings, and then it just uh, it. These are all just brilliant. Uh, this would. Let's see. Uh, this this would this would make you this would make me want success sucks sometimes. Uh, <laughs> captain of my fridge, captain of my fridge. That's <laughs> that's good. Uh, manifest Dowson, uh success. Yeah, that's what I call it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So tell these. Are, this is this this would be a selling point for me. I would grab it because if I didn't already know about, I would grab it because of the title thing or what and what. And then we go, okay, all right, this is fresh. This is different. Oh, I, I, I like this. So how did you come uh, – first of all, there are three, the three sections, three categories. Yep. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Sure, sure. So absolutely. I divided it into three sections because, well, I find that three, you know, three is the, the number of a lot of things. And actually the Tao Te Ching talks about it as well. It talks about duality, which, of course, is – bad, good, beautiful, ugly, and things like that. But uh, it's interesting that, right, in all religions and all philosophies, it's like the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, right? So there's a lot of trilogies. It's a theme that we're used to. Um, there was a, an ashram that I went to, and there was a, always a triangle that reminded us to reach up in faith, to act with courage, and uh, to to receive in truth. And so there's a lot of threes that I felt um, as a way to handle a big topic. It, it's helpful to divide it a little bit. Now, identity, awareness, and creation were just the very natural division of my book because this is a book for living. And you can't get to, we all want to create, that's the third part, the create the life of our dreams. And I think I see that in our society a lot. You know, in the spiritual realm, there's a lot of talk of manifestation and people want to manifest their lives and they want to create their lives. And I think the problem with some of these self-help books is a lot of them focus on here's how to 
you know, change your life and life in five steps, five, whatever, 10 steps to a healthy you and things like that. So that is missing the bulk of the work that needs to be done. And again, I said, I think the bulk of the work is internal. We all have internal crap. We don't, we do. We're, we come in, mm-hmm. even if we don't have our own, we have generational trauma that we mm-hmm. deal with because that just gets passed down. So the identity part is about realization. And of course, it, as I explained, it was a big um, theme throughout my life, figuring out who I was. But, you know, you don't belong very, very to very many places when you're, you're born in Latvia, your passport says Jew in, in America, they call you Russian. Uh, really, you feel like an outsider of every culture. I never fit in so much into the Russian culture, not perfectly well into the American culture and, and so forth. And then you finally, as spiritual searchers, we figure out, hopefully, that's I think is the goal, is you figure out, you connect to an identity that goes beyond all of these labels. And so my first section, identity, is helping guide anyone who picks up this book into connecting to their greater self, the self that goes beyond whatever happened, whatever their story is, whatever labels we have, and it's about connecting to that greater self. And then from that place, you can cultivate awareness, which is section two, awareness of yourself, so self-awareness. I always say self-awareness is a superpower. We don't change overnight. But once we become aware of ourselves, our triggers, sometimes our less than perfect reactions, and then we also become aware of what goes on around us, aware of how others sometimes act from not their best selves, of the egos that rule the world. And we, we just cultivate this awareness. It's a quiet practice. It's not really about doing anything. It's about cultivating an internal awareness. And finally, once you've done these steps then when you create you get to create from a place of ease and from a place of what I've learned the hard way in my life that you get what you are you don't get what you want so once you're able to become the peace that you seek become the joy that you seek become the love that you seek then it just easily makes its way into your life and that's the third part of creation Hold on, I'm still writing down. You get what you are. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. it's in here, but if I write it down, you get what That's, you are. I find that too. I find that too. That's another thing that I always say is you teach what you need to learn. Like I wrote this book probably first and foremost for myself because now i got to hold myself to these things that I know. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes perfect sense. And um, also I know that you – I do workshops, and I do want to get to that yeah. so that we can sure. let people know about that too. But sure. the thing I was going to mention, the kitten, um, this, you know, if you could read this, but this really had an impact on me, and I think it's a part. Let's see, it's in the first part. Um, do your Tao, and begins with find some sort of flora or fauna. Or a person that's extremely familiar to you. I'm choosing my old cat for this exercise while he's curled up on the couch. And you know the rest of that. You wrote it. But when I read it, I thought, oh, this is so beautiful because I do this with the dog. So could you talk about that? Absolutely. So 
at the end of each of my chapters, there's 47 of them, I have a section called Do Your Dao. So the Do Your Dao is at the end of every single one of these, you know, it starts with a verse from the Tao Te Ching itself, and then I go into an essay uh, to talk about the way this verse played out in my life, the way these lessons played out in my life or in the world around me. And then there's a Do Your Dao section, which helps us take some of these teachings and maybe make them more tangible. And some of them, um, I don't really call them exercises. I call them shifts. So this, this is chapter one. The Do Your Dao is about shifting from this comfort of how we see the world, cat, dog, tree, me, you know, Jesse, Sky, and so we label everything. We were taught to label from a very young age. Before we can speak, we're, we're brought labels, right? We're taught mm-hmm. this is that, this is this. And so just taking a moment, it's just a moment. And for me, I used to do this with my cat who sadly passed after I, uh, after, actually right before the book was published. So that's why we have two kittens mm. now. We rescued two kittens because we're not going to have oh. no animals in the house. But mm. my cat was a, was a 15-year partner for, for me and oh. so what I would do is I would watch him sometimes I would watch him sleep and I do this with my kids sometimes is I just take away my meaning my attachment to that animal to that person and I just watch I'm just observe I just make believe I'm not Jesse I'm just an observer and my maybe the observer is God maybe the observer is source or the universe I just kind of like to recede a little into the background and to watch without any sort of attachments of my thoughts and you're able to really see the magic that exists in this little cat this dog this this child it's just so much magic in each creation once we are able to give us a moment away from the labels all we see is the magic exactly and that is that is beautiful and that is very profound and that I'm just going to say that's just totally legit when I read it. That rang true for me completely. Um, <laughs> for the people who are just listening, um, there is, I want to say, I'm talking to Jessie Kanzer. Her new book is Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing. <laughs> well, I love that it makes not, you laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Um because it sounds like it wouldn't make sense, but it does make sense. Uh, don't just sit there, do nothing, healing, chilling, and living with the Tao, Tao De Ching. And I have to read that part slowly because otherwise healing and chilling will sound just alike. But um, yeah. Tao De Ching. And your work, I mean, this is not the first thing. Mean, your work has been in Washington Post, New York Daily News, Wall Street Journal, Independent, New York Times, L.A. Times, HuffPo, Gravishly Rob. You've been putting in the work uh, all this time. And I know you also have, which has certainly earned you a big following, so I'm sure that, that was waiting for your book. But what do – tell me about your workshops. I know you says you have many workshops, full workshops. What are they? What's the difference? And how do people sure. find out sure. a good one? And I got to say, you know, it all sounds really nice, and I love listening to, like, someone introduce me because it sounds so – so much bigger than the the, the, the truth <laughs> because I'll tell you what um, none of this anytime I pushed for anything it usually didn't work out for me or it took a heck of a lot more effort than it needed to and a lot of these things that you read like they happen 
little bits at a time. And I think that I just wanted to to share that because I think it's important for people to remember the Tao Te Ching says this, you know, one of the most famous phrases, not everyone knows it comes from the Tao Te Ching. Most people know this phrase is the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Mm-hmm. And that's a verse from the Tao. And I just, I, that's how I live. I have a kind of a, what, what I call a slow business model. Um, a lot of these things have kind of, they've un, un, unraveled or, or rather um, they kind of arranged themselves over the years, right? So it wasn't like overnight. I sat down and I wrote for all these magazines and these uh, newspapers, but slowly things, it was a little, you know, little win here, a little win there. Uh, then I, And then I was able to sell this book and I wrote it and so forth. Now I'm working on other stuff. And yes, one of the things that I'm doing are live workshops or virtual workshops because I have found without knowing, and a lot of it came from that journeying that I'm talking about, this following one step at a time, without realizing it, this book naturally lends itself to workshopping. Because, again, there's 43 shifts, three do your DAOs, and it's one thing to read a book. I think it's helpful for a lot of people to work on it together or to have a guide sort of lead them through them uh, through through these exercises or shifts. And so what I've been doing is, I do uh, a variety of, whether it's talks or workshops, I, I do talks for businesses. I've been doing talks of uh, scheduling and schedule time, the importance of scheduling and schedule time. The workshop is more about finding your power in stillness, and it's connecting to that innate power within each of us. And we use, I, I share my personal story, I share the stories, uh, that I also talk about in the book, but we also do some of the exercises together. And uh, on my website, on jessiecanzer.com, the events page is always up to date. My next in-person event is taking place in Rhinebeck, New York, and Omega Institute. That's at the end of May, beginning of June. But I also have tons of virtual things that I do, and sometimes they're just free lunch and learn. And if you just... Um, Sign up for my newsletter at jessiecanzer.com. You'll get that in your email, or you just go to the jessiecanzer.com slash events page, and you could see if something perhaps fits into your schedule because I, I will constantly be offering, and there will always be some free ones because I, I believe it's important to keep this kind of teaching, this kind of information accessible. All right, so that is the, uh, and, and there will be an in-person in Rhinebeck, uh, New York, at the Omega Institute, um, just the Center for Sustainable Living and the Women's Leadership Center there, uh, that you can check out. Also, you can check out, the, um, as Jesse said, your newsletter, website, everything is up to date. And I will be sharing on all of my social media, not just Madam Perry, but also on my personal social media, uh, the links to those things so that if you can't write it down, since most people tell me they listen in the car or jogging mm-hmm. or something like that or exercising, you can um, just check it out there and you'll have all the information. Uh, you don't want to miss this, and I know you don't. I had a message from Greg um, in Florida, and he said, <laughs> he's probably goes, yeah, thank you, because I can't write this down right now, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, but I will get this. Thank you so much. It's, I'm rocking a baby and can't get it all down. Uh, got it, Greg. No problem. And also, Julie. Oh, and- 
Oh, sorry. Go before, ahead. before you get to Julie, I just want to share for folks who drive a lot, uh, there's an audiobook version which is avail- available through um, oh, what's the Amazon Audible through Audible, but also through Libro. Audio uh, Libro, which is the indie version. Yeah, both of yeah. them, all of them, all the yeah. audio, audio Libro, but also um, Audible. And I actually read it myself, and oh, I've been hearing okay. a lot of good. I, yeah, and I've been hearing a lot of good things. Like people really enjoyed the the audio version. So you know, for busy new parents rocking babies, I just thought that's a good option to have. All right, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, we'll have all that shared on there so that people will know um, how to keep up with you and how to get your book, get the audio book, also attend a workshop or maybe have a set up a workshop. That's right. Always, always happy. I also zoom into book clubs when people ask me to. I do these kind of things, too, as well. Um, And also, but I should say, there's a bunch of freebies. There's a free page on jessiecanzer.com that has, uh, I think, the first two chapters are are free. There's bonus material. So go check it out. Even if you you don't feel ready to buy the book, there's free stuff that, that anyone can access. All right. All right. Uh don't just sit there. Do nothing. Healing, chilling, and living with the Tao Te Ching. Uh, the woman has lived it. She knows from when she speaks. And me, who is, always seems to be a skeptic about things, I'm in it. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> into this. I am a believer, and I am so grateful to have your book, to meet you, and to have you in Madame Perry's salon. It has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Julie said. Thank you, Jen. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, so Julie in Tennessee just says, thank you. This has been one of my favorite shows so far. And she says, and you're right about the uh, (laughs) other authors. Okay, thank Julie, don't say anything else. You're you're doing good. Thank you, Julie. Julie, Julie, so sweet. Thank you, Julie. And you know, it means so much to me to hear that. That's really lovely to hear. Like, uh, I don't know if people realize, uh, I think I've realized a lot more. Anyone who creates anything, and I don't care how big certain people get, I think, I don't think it should ever get old to feel that what you wrote or what you put out there touches someone. That's, that's all of, to me, that's Mm -hmm. all the validation I need. So that's really beautiful. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Ah, that's wonderful. All right. Well, much continued success with your book, your workshops, uh, your events and everything you do, your next book. It's just been a delight, an absolute delight to have you here. I do hope you'll come back with your next book. Oh, I would love to, Jen. I would love to. Or shall I say Madam Perry, because I just love it so much. <laughs> Madam Perry so lot. Madam. Okay, call me Madam. Yes, Madam. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you. And then I'm going to leave this. Uh, thank you so very much for being here. And remember, I'll be sharing all the information for uh, Jessie Cancer, so you'll get her stuff. But um, And then I'm going to leave with my own personal philosophy. Uh, this is a song I wrote with with my husband it's called everybody's got to swing and i think you're wonderful everybody be good to yourself and be good to each other because i think each and every one of you is wonderful and just like jesse all right love you all thank you jesse thank you good good night Thank you.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.